I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 161. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Annie Hamilton. The Sydney-based singer-songwriter is releasing her debut solo record this week, which is entitled, The Future Is Here, But It Feels Kinda Like The Past. In today's episode, we're speaking with Annie about working through writer's block, producing her own music, and working with Jake Webb from Ethel Ethel. Here we go. Our guest today is a brilliant musician, visual artist, and designer from Sydney, Australia. You might know her from her previous work with the indie band Little May or from her solo EP in 2020. Today, she releases her debut record, which is entitled The Future Is Here, But It Feels Kinda Like The Past. Um, Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Annie Hamilton. Hello. Hi, Simon. How are you? (laughs) I'm very well, thank you. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. That's good. Whereabouts are you uh, joining us from uh, this fine day? Um, I'm just at home. I've just moved to um, to close to the beach in Clavelli, so it's really very nice. Really nice. I just went for a swim. <laughs> <laughs> I find it's always very good, and I know that this is a little bit off topic. We, we are going to talk about your record in a second, <laughs> but um, the sheer volume. I think I speak the sheer volume of people I speak to who try and move closer to the beach or somewhere that there's a bit more nature involved and don't actually get to enjoy it or don't take advantage of it, I feel like it's quite high. So I'm glad to hear that you've moved and already have taken advantage of that. Yeah, I've been going for, I go for swims like morning, lunch, dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I go for so many swims. Like anytime I have a spare, like 20 minutes, I just run down and jump in the water. So I'm definitely taking advantage of it. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Um, Annie, it is a very exciting day. Uh, we've got the release of your official debut solo record that is out today. The future is here, but it feels kind of like the past. Uh, congratulations, firstly. Thank you. It's so It feels good to have it out. It's been a long time in the making, so very happy to have it out. Of course, of course. Now, I know that you've um, put out music before, but this is your first solo debut record. Um, is there any kind of, I guess, tradition that you have or kind of things that you do in preparation for release week when you're, when you're putting out music? Um, I don't know. It's always pretty scary. Like releasing stuff um, I've always found really scary. 
So I'm kind of trying not to think about it. <laughs> or like, I don't know. It's like this weird thing where I want to celebrate it and take a moment to reflect and actually, um, you know, enjoy the moment. And it's something that I am really proud of and I worked on for so long. So I want to take the time to enjoy that, but also not think about the fact that I'm pouring my heart and soul out <laughs> onto you know the internet and like just out into the air because it is like I don't know it's pretty terrifying but it's exciting I'm like mostly just excited to have it out I, excitement is definitely the what well, is what I would go to is the, <laughs> is the um the best feeling I think to kind of um lean towards this record is uh gorgeous Annie it's 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 sonically very dense. Um, the songwriting is beautiful. I think that in terms of putting it out into the ether and into the public, you don't have anything to worry about because this is a gorgeous record. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> uh, when you are, um, I guess, starting to to write this record and to my understanding is that what happened is you kind of had some some little bits and pieces put aside. There were some demos of song scraps and you kind of went back and, and completely started afresh uh, for this record. Yeah, I mean, I started working on it in the first lockdown of 2020 um, when COVID first hit. And, I yeah, I had, I mean, I'm constantly writing. Like I'm just always working on music and always writing bits and pieces and I always have a billion works in progress on the go because sometimes like some songs take me two minutes to write and other songs take me five years. (laughs) (laughs) So, I've yeah, I kind of have hard drives full of demos and ideas and bits and pieces. Um, But when I, when COVID hit, I had, I mean, my EP was finished and, or like I was about to release my EP. Uh, and I kind of decided like I had all this touring locked in that then got cancelled. And so all of a sudden I had all this spare time where I had set aside, you know, like months where I was supposed to be away a lot. Um, and then, you know, as everyone did, we went into lockdown and I kind of just decided to create, I was like, I'm going to, I want to use this time to create a like actual cohesive body of work, not just keep piecing together these scraps and bits and pieces. So I kind of decided to scrap everything and have a clean slate and a blank canvas and just start writing. And I mean, during lockdown, I kind of treated it as a nine to five and I went and sat at my desk with my guitar (laughs) and, you know, my guitar plugged into my laptop and my, um, like all my recording gear set up and, yeah, just kind of sat there and worked on song, worked on this album like all day, every day. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was hard, but I learned so much in the process. And I think I learned like a lot more than I would have had I just done things the way that I used to do, it, which was kind of like come come up with some demos, play them live a bit, and then you know, go into the studio and work on them with the band and other people and, like, Pete, who I've produced a lot of my songs with. So it kind of changed my process into being a lot more just me working on things on my own. Um, But I think that really shaped how the record sounds and how it turns out. So it's kind of been this cool, like, happy accident or, like, cool silver lining. (laughs) Yeah, of course. It doesn't seem, the record doesn't seem to have, like, a, it's definitely not a concept record in any kind of sense, but it does have like an overarching tone um, and I would maybe guess 
it's a little bit where the title comes from as well, where it really kind of plays into nostalgia and I think thinking of time as a very interesting construct, whether it be what is behind us or what we're possibly wanting in front of us. I know you kind of touched on it a second ago that sometimes it might take five minutes or five years, but when you kind of get an idea of how you want to approach a song and, and what you think it's going to be about, what is the usual kind of process of, of getting that song out and and putting those ideas down to pen or paper or to your laptop? Um, I actually, like, never know what I'm going to be talking about when I start working on a song. I don't tend to kind of have, an idea, have like, a concept in my head and then, decide to write a song about it. Like sometimes I try that and sometimes it, it works. But most of the time, like the songs kind of just happen. Or like I think of, I kind of think of it as like I'm just sitting there with like my guitar or my piano or, you know, whatever instrument, um, sitting there like playing and seeing what happens and sometimes nothing happens and it's really frustrating and I sit there for hours or days or weeks at a time and can't come up with anything and then other times I sit down and I just start playing chords and chords appear and then lyrics appear or like I carry so I carry around a notebook and I write every day in my notebook um and like a lot of the stuff that I write ends up becoming lyrics so there's I guess there's themes that I'm writing about that are like reflecting my life that will come out in lyrics. But a lot of the time, like, it's like such a mysterious process to me. Like I still have no idea how songwriting works or what <laughs> um, because yeah, it's kind of like such a, um, like you just never know. It's totally random. You never know when a song is going to appear. And like, and like I said, sometimes I'll sit down and I'll just start singing something and then words just, it's like the first thing that comes out of my head, words appear and then, the more I sing it or if I start recording it, start recording, you know, a demo of it or something, um, it'll just finish itself. Like the words just kind of appear out of the <laughs> mush of all the sound. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's in- it's really interesting. Like it's such a cool process and I think that's probably why I love it is because I still like don't really have a set process or I don't really understand why some songs just appear and other songs don't. Um but, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the, I mean, with this album as well and, and going back to the scrapping the old demos, I wanted this album or it kind of became this exploration of time and a lot of that came from this idea like when we were in lockdown and some days time felt like it moved so slowly and nothing was happening and then other days time felt like it, or you'd be like, oh, my God, we've already been in this for months and nothing. what's happened It's just flashed by and, like, you know, we've missed out on all this life. So it's like this really, it was kind of this really weird, interesting time to like overthink it. Um, But yeah, I kind of just tried to let the songs come out naturally as they appeared um, and not, I don't know, not mess with them too much. (laughs) I can very much appreciate that process. I think that's, um, that's a smart way to do it. I feel that sometimes uh, especially in those situations, the best stuff is what's coming from your gut or from your your brain straight away kind of in terms of what you've already put down. It's usually the kind of it's right yeah. in front of you. You don't have to overthink it. Yeah. I think like that's it. Like sometimes the simplest things are the best and sometimes with songs, whatever words come out first and I put down 
or chord progressions or parts I put down first. And then for some reason I'm like, oh, it's not good enough. I should try and make it better or like re- rework it or rearrange it. And I'll go around in circles and spend so much time editing and reworking. And then in the end, go, go back to the very first thing I did and be like, oh, <laughs> right there from the beginning. Like that's the best thing I came up with was the very first demo. And like actually a lot of the songs on the album and a lot of the parts and a lot of the vocal parts are just my recordings from the demos. Like it's the first, a lot of the, a lot of the vocal tracking is like the very first time I ever sung the songs when I recorded the demo and we used all those demo vocals in the final recordings because they had this kind of like energy where I think you can hear that I'm still discovering discovering the song myself. So it's like I'm seeing it differently, whereas now when I tried to then re-record all the vocals, it just didn't feel the same. <laughs> I I kind of like that though. I think that's very cool and I think it adds those little, like those little unique touches are what makes some of the um some of the songs special just gives them those little personalities, if you will. Yeah. There's a lot of imperfection on there. Like there's a lot of, and like, (laughs) yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I recorded myself um, that isn't perfectly recorded or isn't, you know, perfectly tracked, but it has so much feeling. And that to me is always the most important thing. So even though I would then try and go and re-record it or like rewrite it and redo it, like I most of the time end up going back to the demo, back to the first first take <laughs> <laughs> now you did have quite um so it's not just your songwriting that is on display here I as you just kind of mentioned you were recording uh parts of this album yourself you co-produced it with Pete and I believe Jake from Methyl Ethel which I'll touch on in a second yep. um, and I think that you produced Night Off yourself as well yeah um how was that process for you and and I guess yeah treating it like a nine to five as we've discussed the what was that um I guess experiment like in terms of taking that on and going cool this is what we're going to do I'm going to do it and see it through to the end um again it just happened that way I didn't plan it that way the songs that I produced the songs on the record that I produced on my own happened out of necessity because I was just working on them I was just like work. I mean, I've learned a lot in the process, as I said, of production because I am self-taught and I have pretty basic entry-level equipment and there's still a lot. I still have so much to learn. Like I really only have um, tapped into the very tip of the iceberg when it comes to production. But I love the production because I feel like that's where you can really paint the paint the rest of the picture. So like I'll write a song and it's almost like the right writing it is the hard part and then producing it to me is the reward of like that's the fun part where then I can just like overdub add a whole lot of overdubs and different layers and different instrumentation and really bring the song to life and try and um, make I think of it as like creating like a sonic landscape of to help like convey the ideas of the song or to set the scene or to really kind of push the whatever feeling I'm trying to convey in the song. But, yes, yeah, so songs like Labyrinth and Night Off um, that I produced on my own, I didn't kind of go into the process and be like, I'm going to produce these songs myself. It was kind of just I just did them and I and I just sat, you know, like <laughs> sat there one night and made, like, Night Off. I think I recorded everything on that song in the space of a few hours and I kind of just 
got on a massive roll and sat there and recorded everything and it was I was thinking it was just going to be a demo and then it just sounded awesome so I was like well let's just mix the demo <laughs> uh, so <laughs> then we got Luke to add drums and stuff from his home studio in lockdown but yeah kind of like a lot of the songs I was just like if it sounds good then why redo it like just mix mix what I've got and and so it kind of just like happened by accident <laughs> like the whole story of this album. It's all one big accident. <laughs> I kind of love that though. I think that's fantastic in terms of that it's uh, like, like you said, you didn't set out and go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's almost like discovering these, this skill set that you now have and can continue to use. But I think that almost helps when there's no pressure. It's you're kind of, um, and you're kind of stumbling along your own way and finding your ground. And so when you do, execute it in such a good way you're kind of comfortable in how you do it or how you approach it definitely and I think that aspect of discovery is really important because a lot I mean I think the best moments on the record are when I was discovering a new sound or a new technique or a new way of singing or a new way of playing something that led to um like you know it's like if you stumble if I'm like stumbling play, working on logic and then I figure out some new trick or I get some new sound on my guitar or whatever and then that's really exciting to me and it feels like I've just like opened up this box and then a song just kind of will come from that and it's the kind of thing that wouldn't happen without a lot of trial and error and a lot of experimentation and a lot of sitting there for days and weeks and months on end just experimenting um but then when you do stumble across something new and it kind of like inspires something and opens up like a new window. Or it's like I always also think of it as like if you're drawing a picture in pencil and then someone gives you paints and you have all these colours or then someone gives you glitter or someone gives you all these different, you know, different <laughs> things and you can keep adding to it and it's like it just then expands it and starts taking on a life of its own through the like through the technical side of it that lends that like lends itself to the creative side of it opening up all these new windows which i find a really cool part of the process when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, what was it? There was another song, Labyrinth. I know you already mentioned there was a song closer to the end of the record, Bad Trip. Yeah. Which I thought... um, both sonically, uh, there's a lot going on, and I mean that as a compliment. There's like these. I'm there's very a more big, more. 
<laughs> I'm very like put in one million things and other people have to convince me to take stuff out. <laughs> I like. I think they both work very well. I think you should um, listen to yourself on that. Don't listen to those others <laughs> trying to convince you. <laughs> when you're when you're building and writing these songs, producing them, and and I guess putting them towards a record, do you try and block out other influences and other music that's kind of going on around you, or are you someone who is like, no, let's listen to all these records and see what kind of? I'm definitely a block it out person I'm I like try to exist in a little vortex I or I just find it really hard to listen to other music um I think I got to the end of last year and everyone was sharing their Spotify wrapped things of like all the songs they've listened to this year and all the songs they've had on repeat and mine was like nothing and I was just looking at I was like I haven't listened to music all year because I've just been in this like weird bubble vortex of just creating my own thing and um and yeah part of me part of that is a conscious decision to not listen to other music because I don't want to be influenced by it like I don't want to accidentally copy something because like it's so easy to do that like you know (laughs) it's so easy to like be listening to something and then subconsciously you've got it in the back of your head and then you sit down and play and you're like oh I wrote this amazing song and then you're like oh no way I'm just (laughs) definitely plagiarized another song so like part of it was a really conscious effort to make sure that I wasn't being too influenced by anything um and so therefore I could try and create a more of a unique sound by just always going to what I was drawn to in the moment. Like if I am playing something and a cool set, I, you know, have a cool combination of pedals on my guitar and I get to a cool sound. It's like, that's exciting. Go with that. Don't overthink it. Don't try and like mimic other sounds. Um, But also I think when I listen to music, like I always think the, um, the sign of like a really good song is when you listen and it's almost like this call to action where it inspires you and it makes you want to go and write a song. <laughs> so like for me, if I'm listening to a really good song, I find it's like I almost have to just like press pause halfway through and be like, oh my God, I'm going to go write a song. <laughs> like I find, you know, really good songs really inspiring. Um, so it's kind of like even the days when I was like, cool, I'm going to go and listen to music and not work on my own thing today but just like get in a different headspace and like give myself a breath of fresh air. It's like I'd put something on and if it's like one of my favourite albums and I just put it on and instantly I'm, I have to turn it off because it makes me, <laughs> inspires me to go make something. So, yeah. But now I've been, I don't know, I've been trying to listen to more music and I've been trying to listen to more stuff that I wouldn't usually listen, listen to or stuff that I've never heard of. Um and yeah, trying to branch out because I mean I love listening to music, so I'm like I should I should listen to more stuff instead <laughs> of my own demos, which is embarrassing. <laughs> also, when people are like, "What have you been listening to?" and I'm like, "Um, mostly my own demos." <laughs> That's so embarrassing. This- in all fairness, there is nothing wrong with that because as as you mentioned, as your full-time work or as your job, it would be weird if you weren't. If you were if you were being kind of not careless, but if you weren't kind of reviewing your own work, it might be weird. So I think that there's it's very fair to be listening to your own music, to your own demos. It's quality control, if you will. It's quality control. Also, I think like if I'm stuck on a song, if I'm working on something and I'm stuck on it, I'm never 
I never will figure it out if I'm sitting there at my desk or at my guitar trying to play it. The time when I figure it out is when I'm like out on a run listening in my headphones or driving and listening to it. Like I'll put my, if I'm, there's a song that I'm trying to write and I'm get, I get to like a point where I'm stuck with it and I don't know how to finish it or I don't know what to do. It's like, you have to remove yourself from the situation that you're in and I'll just like put in my headphones and go for a run. And then literally within 10 minutes, it's like, oh, that's what I need to do. Ding. And then I'll have to kind of like stop, <laughs> pull out my voice memos, start singing into my voice memos or like writing myself notes to be like, put the guitar here and do this and here are the words. It's like it instantly comes to me as soon as I get it in the car and take it for a drive or like go and take it for a walk or just get, remove myself from that situation. So like... I guess normally the time when I listen to music is if I'm going for a run. But, like, last year, every time I went for a run, I just put on the songs that I was stuck with to wait for <laughs> the ideas to appear to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's that's still fine, Annie. I, think. <laughs> um, I was hoping I might be... Um, a little bit selfish and ask about my favorite track on the record. Yeah. Um, which was pieces of view. I thought that's, that track was beautiful. Um, it, it is a beautiful three minute kind of track that just builds and builds and builds and gets to a point where it's almost like a fever pitch and then uh, retreats itself back in, but also beautifully. Um, would you be able to, I guess, tell us where this song came from or what inspired it or, or uh, yeah, I guess where this song was, was born from. Yeah, um, oh, it's so cool you like that one. I always think of that song. I'm like, no one's going to like this song. <laughs> you, know song? you have one. There is, I never know. Like there are some songs that I'm like, oh, people will froth this and then like they're always the least popular ones. And then the ones that I don't think anyone will like, I don't know. I don't. I never know why or how to figure that out. But anyway, um, <laughs> Pieces of You was like one of the – Oh, probably one of the only ones where the lyrics actually I had written years ago um, in various kind of stages and there were these lyrics that I had floating around and each verse was like I had written at totally separate times and totally separate places and they'd just been floating around in the back of my mind for years as like lyrics that I was like one day I'll find a home for these. And then... Um, yeah, when I was working on all the album songs, I had this kind of chord or I think I just had the chord progression and started like singing it and I was like, oh, maybe these lyrics will work and all of a sudden it was like all the lyrics that I'd written really separately just all fit in to the perfect place and that that was kind of the first three verses and then I didn't know how to finish it for ages and I actually scrapped it and I was like this is going in the bin or like this is going on the back burner it's not going to make it onto the album it's not a finished song it doesn't mean any like it's not like I can't figure out how to complete it and then it was one of the very last ones that I finished uh probably late last year I think I just yeah, I had fully dismissed it and I was like, oh, no, that's nothing. That's not going anywhere. And then I kind of started playing it one day and I was like, maybe I'll try writing a big outro. And that's when I wrote the, like, big distorted glitchy outro bit. Um, and, it, yeah, it was really cool because it just felt like this song that was like a collage of all these moments. But, like, the first verse I originally wrote in London in 2019 
And the second verse I wrote in Stockholm in 2017, <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of like all these just like totally random. It's also the only one that's not, that wasn't kind of written. I don't know. I think of like a lot of the album as being like quite having like lots of references to Australiana and our, and like the Australian landscape and um, pieces of you feels like it's more, I don't know. It's not, it's the one that's a bit European. <laughs> I guess that's because I'm, I'm like, I think about walking through this cemetery in Sweden, which is where I, where the second verse came from, um, where there were all these old women like lighting candles and it was really beautiful. But um, yeah, that's the story of that song. <laughs> I don't know if that answers. A hundred percent. No, no, no. That's awesome. I am. Um... I yeah, listening to the album, there was a lot of beautiful moments, but that one for me, I think, just stood out as a as as well. It's my favorite track on the <laughs> on the record. You. So thank you for indulging my um my uh, my questions That's in so relation nice. to that and track. A fun fact about that song: it was originally it was all on guitar, and then I was just like, oh, there's too many guitar-y songs on the album. Like it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't stand apart, and so then we decided to put on piano. And Mark Chester Harding, who plays in my band, um, recorded the piano part when we were in the studio last year. Um, and so we had this like beautiful piano part for the for, for the verses that I was just obsessed with. But then it's still, I was like, oh, it's not going to make the cut because it's not finished. And then um, Pete and I kind of worked on the production of the big glitchy distorted end part, and that's what made it feel complete. And that was, yeah, like the very last minute of finalising the album. So I'm really happy that it all came together in the end. I'm, I'm very glad to hear that it came together the way that it did as well. <laughs> um, Annie, would you be happy to talk about the playlist that you sent through for us? Yes. The tracks that you've uh, put on the playlist. We recently had the the lovely Grace Shaw. Um, some people might know her as Mallrat, um, and she was talking about the debut record that just came out last week. Um, and on the playlist, you've included the track Teeth. And I was wondering, I guess, what this song means to you, or why why you like this song? Um, I think Mallrat is so good. I love that album. I've listened to it a bunch since it came out last week. Um, I think it's just like a masterpiece of like good pop music and yeah I think Teeth is my favorite track so far um I I really love lyrics that are a bit um like lyrics that can be interpreted in many ways or that are a bit ambiguous and so you kind of can draw your own conclusion from it and I think um yeah, I think the lyrics are really good. I love the production. Um, it's like feels it has that like nineties feel. I just love it. It's so good. <laughs> She's so good. <laughs> I feel like there is a lot of um and this is not and part of my language, this is not simply to kiss ass to yourself either. There's a lot of good pop but not like mainstream pop. There's a lot of good like alternative pop coming from Australia at the moment. Yourself, from Mallrat, from, um, oh, God, there's, I feel like there's just a lot of really solid 
good songwriting, nothing that is sticking to one genre yeah. um, at the moment, which is, um, it's a, it's, we're, it's a very lucky time to be alive in terms of the music we're receiving. So. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other track that I wanted to ask about, as we mentioned before, Jake from uh, Methyl Ethel did uh, have a very strong hand in helping co-produce the record and um, you've included him here with um, Methyl's song with Stella Donnelly, Proof, uh, what was it about this song uh, that made you put it on the playlist and, and why do you like this song? I think, like, Jake Jake Webb is a creative genius. He's so amazing. Working with him on my album was, like, such a huge thing for me because, I mean, I've always been a fan for years. I covered his song for, like, a version. And then having the opportunity to co-produce a few tracks with him, we did it remotely um, because the border was closed and he was in Perth. So it was like we were just emailing bits of songs back and forth across the border. Um, but it was such a magical process because it was like also the first time I really trusted anyone to kind of take my songs and add what they imagine being there and then and then send it back. Like I'd, I'm normally a massive control freak. But um so I did four songs with Jake from the album. Um, we worked on Bad Trip, All the Doors Inside My Home Are Slamming Into One Another again and also Electric Night he did some co-production on. Um, and, yeah, the stuff he bought, the, the production that he brought to those songs just really transformed them for me. So, like, working with him was amazing. And then I also love this song from his album because he sings it with Stella Donnelly I supported her last week um, or two weeks ago for her show at Oxford Art Factory and she's just so awesome. Her live set is amazing. She's such a joy. Like it, with the room was just like filled with joy. It was like her, her dancing and her singing and her banter is just amazing. Um, and she was so lovely and it was such a dream to support with her because I'm support her because I'm also a massive fan. So yeah, good combo. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great track from both those bands and they are both um, incredible. Annie, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. I do appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Simon. It's been so awesome to <laughs> And, yeah, thank you for listening right. to the album. <laughs> no, of course, of course. The album is The Future Is Here, but it feels kind of like the past. We are putting it in the show notes of the podcast so that everyone can go out and buy it, listen to it, stream it, all of the above. But, um, yeah, again, thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much. <laughs> And that's our show. A massive thank you to Annie Hamilton for her time. The future is here, but it feels kind of like the past is out now. And we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Liz at Pius Australia for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning, and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.